Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Uh, this is Chris, and uh, today we're talking about stage one of the uh, management system for staying in the higher levels of your mind in human consciousness. In other words, we're talking about stage one in leadership. And this is not just leadership of others it's at this point in time self-leadership and stage one is called discard discard is purely and uh, unquestionably about mental health mental health focus mental health strength mental health resilience mental health uh, letting go of the past and it's a very huge topic but when we go to nature we find that all things, uh, all branches of the tree come from a single trunk. And the single trunk, which is causation, cause versus effect, is what we focus on in uh, inner wealth because we're not so interested in playing and dancing around with the effect of things. We want to go directly to the cause. What you find most often is when you deal with cause, it's something very small that creates a multitude of things very big. In the case of this first step in the, uh, in the process of staying in your higher mind, what we find is that we have to be able to walk our way up the got to to love to process, the seven levels of human being. We have to be able to walk our way back up to the top because I think it's organic and understandable that when challenge comes, we go down to handle it. We go down the pyramid. So if, for example, you might be sitting there uh, totally inspired by the sunrise as I am now, and somebody might bip their horn uh, to just say hi to somebody and, and you go, ah, oh, damn. And you catch yourself going down the pyramid and and you catch it on the way and you go, oh, uh, hang on, wait a minute, and you go back to the sunrise or you go back to feeling good. So you can imagine the, the cycle of the pyramid. It goes down the right side, which is called water. Uh, in, in all Greek mythology, the fall from grace is the water. And then we go into some level of hibernation or maintenance. And then the fire, uh, uh, the fires of hell destroy where you've, arrive to down in some lower level of thinking destroy that and and in a sense grow from it or discard it and rise back up to a state of grace or a state of leadership as we're calling it a state of love in relationship as we're calling it a state of service or purpose in community as we're calling it a state of uh, decision making or inspired decision making in finances and business as we're calling it and so this grace, this spiritual grace, is, has many names, all of which just say you're at the top of the pyramid. You're sitting on, in Egypt, you're on top of the pyramid, everybody else is down the bottom. It's very easy to come down the pyramid if you want and say hi to everyone, but it's bloody hard to climb back up. So the first step in keeping yourself in a good place in, as a leader and as a partner, as a, as a human being, is being able to accept the fact that you slip Accept the fact you have to sometimes go down to look after people who are down the bottom of the pyramid, the, the, the assemblers of the rocks at the bottom, but 
to be a leader, you must be able to very quickly return back up. So let's set the bar here and say an hour of depression is enough. Uh, maybe a, uh, an hour of sadness every now and again, it's enough. An hour of shock or grief or stress is enough. Let's set the bar here and say an hour of frustration is way too much. An hour of anger is exceedingly too much. An hour of guilt, an hour of shame, an hour of these things is way too long. So the red flags that we talked about previously are signs that you want to catch yourself in coming down the pyramid, coming down the pyramids of Egypt, coming down the pyramid, the cone of consciousness, to got to, should or need to and find yourself there in order to uh, react to something that life's presented itself. And we don't want to be inhuman, but we also can respect that how long we dwell down there will have a massive effect on our, on our health. It has a massive effect on our relationships. It will definitely switch off your followers in terms of a leadership. It will definitely lead to um, <laughs> what they call it, the th uh, shopping therapy, buying online. It'll definitely lead to decision making that you regret. So yes, we fall from grace. Yes, we fall out of leadership. Yes, we fall out of love. Yes, we fall out of our best self. Yes, we fall. Uh, we go down the right side. It's called the rain. It comes, it washes us down. It takes us down to do something, um, to take our dog to the vet in a hurry or <clears throat> look after a friend who's uh, become ill or something, we drop into sadness or we drop, drop into a space. But we have to set the limit and say this uh, fall from grace is temporary, very temporary. And the longer it stays there, the more chemicalized it becomes in your DNA, in your physiology. And so everybody on earth gets a moment of depression. I get every day, uh, maybe three or four, I feel very sad or depressed. It just something happens that, that's disappointing. I, I suppose that's my definition of depressed, I'm a bit disappointed. And, and I, I will allow that to be there, I, I don't fight it. I say it comes uh, through me and let it do its work, but I give it a time limit. And I say, okay, so maybe Half an hour is really spectacular, or maybe five minutes, or sometimes I even say one minute is enough. Thank you very much. It's time to rebound back into a state of grace because there are people who depend on me, depend on my leadership, depend on my wisdom, uh, depend on my coaching. And if I allow this, this experience of emotion to uh, become to get legs and start to grow. And I do something while I'm in that state, the thing I do becomes contagious. So if I write a PowerPoint or if I do this audio and I, I, I've just slipped into a state of disappointment for a period of time and I do this audio, my disappointment, the feelings of emotion and the contamination that that will bring, breeds itself into the listener and eventually breeds itself into the carpet of my own home and breeds itself into the animals that I share my life with here. Uh, you can hear the birds, uh, the dogs that come in and out of my house uh, as friendlies. Um, 
it breeds itself into others. And so therefore the discipline of remaining in a state of high consciousness is a quality control mechanism that uh, we all uh, aspire to, but very rarely do we realize that the indulgence of sadness and the indulgence of story and the indulgence even of elation, woohoo, look what I did. These indulgences are contaminatory and they, they, therefore the contagion goes into the people who follow you and they only need to witness it once or twice. If you're in a state of grief or if you're in a state of misery or you're in a state of regret or you're in a state of uh, sadness or you're in a state of elation or you're in a state of infatuation, when you drop into any of these lower levels of thinking, which have already been explained earlier in the, this program, if you drop into those states of uh, got to, should or need to, uh, other people nearby might celebrate that. They go, oh, gee, uh, Chris feels, I, I really like Chris. And that's not because I'm likable or any more likable than I was 10 seconds before it, but it's because I've dropped into their consciousness. I've dropped into their level of thinking and therefore they feel like I'm a kindred spirit at a level of lowness, not a level of highness. When you aspire, as you do uh, by listening, by being in the 30-day challenge, I'm assuming you aspire to greatness. I think you aspire to success and you aspire, aspire to do good in the world, not make more problems. And the running around trying to fix everything and the running around trying to sort everyone out and the running around trying to do everything, or the aspiration to sit peacefully on your tail doing meditation, the aspiration to chill out for the weekend and take time off. These aspirations are very low consciousness and very often uh, breed the very thing we're trying to stop. So step one in the six steps of uh, maintenance for staying in the higher levels, the higher three realms of the, of the consciousness current is called uh, discard. And discard is the ability to unlearn judgment. So uh, before I teach the process, let's say hypothetically um, in the past somebody lied to me. And so I say, I don't like liars. So I've learnt a judgment. I'd, I've learnt a judgment. But at some point, every human being has every human trait. And at some point, uh, whether it's my partner, whether it's my own children, or whether it's my grandchildren, or whether it's the neighbor, or whether it's my friends, or at some point someone's going to lie. And you're going to see it. And they're going to tell you the secret. They say, oh, I've got a secret to tell you. I lied to somebody. I lied to my boss. And you're going to judge them subconsciously because you've learned. You've learned that lying is bad. You've learned that. So the process of discard is a process called unlearning. And we evolve into the future by unlearning stories. So we spend the first 20 or 30 years of our life learning stories. We, we bump the walls, we get dumped, we dump somebody, we have a good sexual experience and a bad one. We have kids that behave themselves and kids that don't. We spend the first 20, 30 years of our life learning from the age of about uh, three. We spend the time learning, which is building up an identity and ego. And we need to spend the next 50 or 60 years of our life unlearning. 
And the unlearning never stops. If, if you think that you will reach nirvana or enlightenment or a state of grace that's permanent, uh, then I'm sorry you're, you're listening to the wrong teacher because if you look at the growth rings of a tree, what do you see? You see a tree come out, get to a point and go, oh man, that feels so cool. I think I'll just drop some bark on here and be here forever. And then the season changes and the bark falls off and next thing you know, the tree is uh, learning, uh, learning again or needing to unlearn. It needs to expand. And these growth rings are really, really, really symbolic of what's called frustra. Uh, frustra means is, a, is the original root word of frustration. So when you're frustrated by something, by someone, you're stuck. You're stuck in your learning, not stuck in a bad place. You're just stuck in what you've learnt. What you've learnt up to this point in your life is holding you in judgment. It's giving you an expectation of other people. It's giving you a, uh, a loss of grace. It's giving you a loss of leadership. It's giving you a loss of love. It's giving you... So frustration is the enemy of a leader. Frustration is the enemy of a lover. Frustration is the enemy of your physiology of your body. And there are many forms of frustration. Uh, stress is a frustration. Depression is a frustration. Sadness is a frustration. Um, not having what you want is a frustration. All these things are frustra. They're growth rings of a tree. And as you're walking in your day walk today, look for those growth rings. Maybe even go and find a cut tree or something and just look at it and you go, man, that tree grew out, got happy, went, ah, oh, shit, look at me, I'm in grace. And then went, oh, bugger, the, the, the bark fell off, the protection fell off, and it had to unlearn to grow. It had to unlearn because the cells of the tree that are at, let's say, growth ring number five are not strong enough and not uh, flexible enough to handle the pressure of growth ring number six because the tree is bigger, taller, deeper, wider, and the, therefore the wind exposure is bigger and bigger. And if it takes the learning that built growth ring five and tries to apply it to growth ring six, that tree is going to become ignorant. And so we grow into our own incompetence. And so the reason we grow into our own incompetence is because of what we've learnt. And we don't have to learn something new to grow into growth ring six and seven and eight and whatever they are, you're up to in your life. What you have to do is realise that you have to unlearn something, something that's holding you back. And the unlearning is the past. So there's no need to unlearn the future because it hasn't come yet. But the unlearning comes from judgments and expectations and criticisms and uh, uh, disappointments and hurts and pain and sorrow and misery that has come out of your past and you've developed, a, let's say, a coat of armour or a shield or a bulletproof jacket to say, I don't want to have that in my life anymore, or I don't want to be like this, or I expect people to be like that, or I had this difficulty in my life, I, didn't, I don't want that difficulty again. And this is understandable because this is what we call learning. We, uh, we understandable. But the thing is, this is it. When you meet people who talk about how much life experience they've had in the past, they're usually alone. The reason they're alone is they've learnt so much and they've learnt so much
to protect themselves from this big life experience in the past that they've ended up uh, in a world that only they can live in. No other person can live in it for more than two minutes. Because why? Because they've learnt. They've learnt to judge. They've learnt to be, protect themselves. They've learnt to say no to this and no to that. And this learning, at the, at, if you take it back to the cone of consciousness, a person who has extreme learning about life, extreme experience, and says, I don't want this and I do want that, is stuck in a got-to state because they've got to be away from something and they've got to be towards something. Or they'll be in this really awful place, which is one that I really, really find to be extraordinarily painful for people, which is in the should space. You should do this and you shouldn't do that because that's what they're saying to themselves internally. I should and I shouldn't. I should and I shouldn't. And this is a, an internal war which creates uh, self-depreciating behaviour, it creates self-sabotage, and it certainly creates a sense of uh, diminished or elated and diminished self, which we often call depression. Um, so this learnings lock us into the lower three levels, even though we might be promoted to a position that requires us to be in a higher position in the in the cone of thinking in the in the in the seven levels of human being, it requires us to be in the top three, but we're stuck in the bottom three because of learnings, because of life experience. I'm talking not talking about one and one makes two, although you can question that if you look three dimensionally. So we're we're talking about learning, and if you think about the unlearning. If, you, if you've learnt something in relationship, you definitely apply the same sort of stuff to work. And if you learn stuff at work, you apply it in relationship. And if you've learned it in relationship and work, you apply it to your health. And if you apply it to your health, you certainly apply it to your social friendships and relationships. And if you apply it there, you certainly apply it in your brain because it's, it's really uh, banging around inside your head. And so this learning to evolve into a happy place, to evolve the tree, for the tree to grow out and say, ah, I feel good about being me again. It has to unlearn whatever built its past, its respect for it as there because that tree still needs to have the six growth realms, the six growth frustras that it built to grow out. But to grow the next one, it has to put those learnings in a state of gratitude, thank you to the past, and it has to unlearn in order to go forward. So this unlearning can't be taught at work. It's very, very, very personal. But to begin with, and to get you going on this, what I'd like you to do when you get back from your walk is draw on a sheet of paper four columns. And I'd like you to try writing at the end of every day to fill out those four columns. And you fill it out like this. Column one, what did I do good today? Column two, what, I, what could a, of those things that I did good today, of the things that I did good today, what could, how could I have improved those things? In other words, we, we develop a learning mindset, not a fixated mindset. A learning mindset means that I did really good things uh, in the day, but I could have done them better. I, and, and so we don't become self-righteous, which is down the bottom of the consciousness cone. Now, in those first two columns, if you write down, what did I do good today? And you go, well, I didn't do much good. That's a really interesting situation to be in. 
because then I would ask you to write column three. And column three is, what did I really not do good today? What did I really not do good today? And if you start writing down column three and you go bang, 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 not did good, not did good, and you get down to about 20 things that you not did good. I didn't do exercise today, I didn't eat well, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. And you only get one or two things in the what I did good today in the first column. So column three is much bigger than column one. If there are seven to one ratio between what you did good today in column one and seven things in what you did bad in column uh, three, you have a got to headspace at the end of your working day. And if you've maneuvered yourself in a got to headspace, which means only a couple of positives and a bunch of negatives, that got to headspace walks in your house and it walks in the front door of your house and spreads it over your animals, it spreads it over your food, it spreads it on the carpet, and it becomes a memory in the house of that you, you're beating yourself up because you've walked in the house, your little kids have got it, your animals have got it, your pets have got it, your kitchen's got it, your bedroom's got it, your pillow's got it. And so what we do, and, and it can work the other way, there are people uh, that, that, that develop the opposite headspace. What did I do great today? Oh, I'm so good at this. I did this great. I did this great. I did this great. Oh, I'm so clever. Look at me. I did this great. This is a learning. Did this great. And then they, you say to them, so on column three, what did you not do good today? And they go, oh, nothing because the team fucked it up. The, the other person messed it up. If it weren't for them, I would have done all perfect down column one <laughs> and I would have had no things in column uh, three, because it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's the company's fault. It's my partner's fault. It's the dog's fault. It's the kid's fault. It's lockdown fault. It's COVID fault. And so you ask somebody to write something down in column three and they draw a blank, complete blank, as if I didn't, I didn't do anything. I, I've had a perfect day because column one is full and column uh, three is empty. Now, this is a lie. This is a blatant personal uh, uh, attack on your leadership, your love, your consciousness, because just as got to can be uh, created from one positive to seven negatives, and you see people beating themselves down, we can also do the opposite and create seven positives uh, to one negative and attract somebody else to beat us down. Because if we're up ourselves, if we're in column one and we're going, oh, I did all this good and I'm blaming everybody to keep all the news out of column three. What did I screw up today? What did I did not do well? What did I didn't do well? If we've got that emotional uh, imbalance and we're holding on to that, that's equally got to. It's equally a should. And remember the ratio, six things in the positive column, one thing in the negative column. That's a should. Seven things in the positive column, one thing in the negative column, that's a got to. Uh, five things in the positive column, um, uh, uh, one thing in the negative, that's uh, a, a need to. Four things in the positive to every one negative, so four to one, that's a want to. So you can see how you can get locked into this bottom end of the uh, consciousness cone by having learnt something. Somebody once might have said to you, if you've got more positives than negatives, which they used to call positive thinking, you're in a good, healthy place. But that's not true. A person who's got more positives than negatives at the end of the day attracts a partner 
to beat them up. So if you've got a, a bit of a quarrel going on at home domestically, because you walk every time you walk in the door, somebody says, yeah, but you could have done this better, or you forgot to do that, or so what, uh, uh, you up yourself, and somebody outside of you has to go down on you. Now, sometimes that's fun. Okay, I made a joke, right? Sometimes that's fun. But really, if we walk in the front door and ask our children or our partner or our parents or whoever it is to go to bring us down because we're up ourselves, that means we've brought contagion into the house and we've created a got-to home or a should home or a need-to home. And that is a really important thing to realise, that we are the environment we create. And if people are arguing with us and we're in quarrel and we're in domestic turmoil, it's because we've infatuated, we've learnt through some process during the course of our many years of history that the frustrer we were in, we are in, the one that we've built, was built out of infatuation and therefore we're trying to build the next 10 years out of the same paradigm, the paradox of being more up ourselves than down or being down on ourselves, being really too honest with ourselves and not complimenting ourselves, which is another horrible learning people have that if I want to grow spiritually, if I want to grow in business, I need to be really hard on myself. Neither of these things bring us to a leadership model, which is the next frustra, where we have to, uh, at the end of a working day, turn up at home, turn up at work the next day, and turning up means in the top three levels of the consciousness cone. And so what we're going to do with these columns is we're going to write about 20 things you did well today in column one. We're going to learn a new skill, which is evolve you, bring you up into the top levels of the consciousness cone, learn to think different. It's not what you think, it's how you think that makes the difference. 20 things in column one. We're then going to say, all those things I did good, how could I have done them better? Then we're going to write 20 things in what I really, really didn't pay attention to today, what I really didn't do well, didn't get my to-do list done, didn't answer that question, was really rude to somebody, was really critical. And then we're going to say what, was, what in those things that we didn't do well, what was the element of it that I did good? So you might say, well, I was conscious that I hurt somebody's feelings. I was... Uh, I. Uh, maybe I wasted time, but I was aware of my tiredness. So we, we're not trying to justify being bad. What we're trying to do is what part of that bad was in balance. So we're continually seeking to see in the first two columns, we can't do a good thing in this world. We cannot do one thing, win the world ping pong championship without being able to say, but I could have done it better. We don't want to relate ourselves because that's the bottom of the consciousness cone. And that's how pr primal people get to the world championships. But if you want to stay world champion, you can't stay there pumping yourself up because you'll just get around you people who are down on you or you'll get a voice inside your head that's down on you and cause yourself depression when you slip off the pedestal. So what we're trying to do is column one, what did I do great today? Column two, how could I have done that better? Column three says, what did I really screw up today? What I did not do well? And that has to be blatantly, rudely uh, uh, honest. 
And then you say, but what part of those things that I didn't do great today was good, was positive? And, and that uh, fourth column is really tricky. And that's why people don't like to own the negative of what they didn't do because they just can't see the balance in it. Um, I had a cup of coffee just before I did this podcast and I sat on my balcony and you could say, what did I, I could say on my list, what did I do bad today? I had a cup of coffee first thing in the morning when my body was just waking up and I brought myself to life with a cup of coffee. That's really, really not a healthy thing. A, a lemon tea would have been smarter. Usually I drink a, a long glass of water and then I have coffee with food, or with brekkie. But I'm waking up in the morning today with a cup of coffee. So I can say I'm beating myself up about that. I'm going to put that in column number three. And then I can say what was good about that. Well, I really was uh, committed to doing a great audio at 5.30 a.m. And I can say that was a, the coffee was the bad news. But the good news is it showed my commitment to self-sacrifice a little bit in order to do this audio. Um, I, it also gave me time on the balcony to prepare. So it was a, 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 what do you call it? a ritual that I took to sit down and do some notes and get ready to do this audio. And so you can, everything negative has a positive in it and everything positive has a negative in it. Now, the lazy side of ourselves, the part that doesn't want to unlearn, the lazy side of ourselves says, oh, I, I know all this, I, I, I'll just do it in my head. But my recommendation to you from my experience, having done this with people for 45 years, this exact process is the core of what I deliver to the world. The, the understanding of the universal laws of nature and the first law of nature is nature seeks a balance in everything, including our consciousness. Leaders are conscious people that... Uh, people who do it in their mind are lying to themselves. They're just trying to take a shortcut across the top of their brain so they don't have to change anything. And they go, oh, yeah, I get, I was at a balanced day. It's all good. And you go, well, can you write it down for me? And they can't because they, they don't want to walk the talk. They, they want to jump the bridge. And they don't want to walk the talk. Uh, and the truth be known, nobody on this earth ever, ever, has, including Jesus and all the rest of the icons, has ever walked the talk. Everybody limps their life. We limp our life. If I'm telling you now about these balance columns, it means every third day I probably forget to do it or don't think I need to or something happens. I'm limping. I'm not practicing what I preach. That is impossible. What I'm doing is working on it. And it's a never-ending journey to stay disciplined and develop habits on a daily basis that give you consciousness, that keep you trying to walk your talk, sustaining you. What I said earlier in this uh, conversation is we fall from grace. We fall, we fall, it's so easy. The rain must come. Um, this aspect of ourselves that wants something, desires something, needs something, wishes to do something, it takes us from grace into the material, emotional storytelling world. And then we just hover there as long as we possibly can until it's uh, suffering or uncomfortable or someone's going to fire us from work. And then we go, oh gosh, I've got to get out of this space and get back to grace. Then we typically, if we're clumsy people, go on an annual holiday or take a weekend off. 
which is as naive as a, a, a two-year-old child thinking a weekend off is going to bring you back to work Monday being different. That's just ridiculous. What we need is the ability in an instant to say, I just had a shitty meeting with a bunch of people and now I've got another shitty meeting with the people I don't want to meet with. And if I take that shitty thoughts about that last shitty meeting into the next shitty meeting, the next shitty meeting, it's going to be cumulative. I'm going to end up double in double trouble. So I need to sit down between meetings with my four columns that I'm really good at now and do a four column on that last meeting. What went good? Oh, nothing. What went bad? 20 things. Hmm. I'm, I'm out of balance. I'm in a got-to space and I'm walking into a meeting in a got-to space. Hold the meeting. I need 10 minutes. What went good in that bad, shitty meeting? Da, 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 da. What went bad? Da, 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 da. From all the things that went good, how can I improve them? Da, 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 da. All the things that went bad, how can I improve them? It's just really just being honest with yourself because nature doesn't lie. Why should you? You can't fight nature. Cancer is typically caused by an unbalanced mind, a got-to state of mind. Now, I, for those of you listening to this who have had any uh, level of cancer and dealt with it, please don't be think I'm throwing darts at you or trying to be accusational. But we know, uh, if you want to read about it, it's called the book is called Molecules of Emotion by Candace Pert. She's an amazing. Um, uh, Nobel Prize-winning uh, prize um, scientist who validated what yoga and uh, the Eastern arts of, uh, of healing and Tibetan medicine and ancient Eastern uh, arts of meditation taught us, and that is your state of mind and your state of body, it's one in the same. If you've got a cancer in your head of thought, which means these are all the things that are going wrong and there's nothing going right or these are the things that are going right and nothing's going wrong. This state of mind breeds a polarised state of, uh, 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 across your body and which is across the cells of your body and it's quite a high charge, quite a highly elated or depressed charge across a cell. And we mask up and we say, I'm okay, even though I, I'm, I'm going I'm to bluff my way through this whole thing. Your body, of your, the cells of your body know what's going on. And the people around you feel what's going on before you speak. So the bluff, it's necessary, but the bluff isn't going to work. So take these four columns. There is a more sophisticated model of this, which we're going to do down the track in your 30 days. And that more sophisticated model is really going to help you unlearn stories. Because every story we tell about the past, every single story is a lie if it doesn't have good and bad written in it. What happens with our history is that we bypass the mystery of our history and we try to make our history entertaining. In other words, if somebody says, tell me about yourself in the past, you'll go, well, this bad thing happened. And that's really engaging to listen to. You, people go, oh, wow, tell me more about that. And then you go, well, and this good thing happened. And people go, oh, wow, tell me more about that. In those two stories are woven the thread of got to because they're extremely bad or extremely good. They're seven to one storytelling ratios. In marketing, if you want to sell something, if you want to sell something in marketing to the population in the world that lives in a got-to state of mind, which is about 92% of the world's population, by the way, the ignorant masses, 
if you want to sell something to the ignorant masses of the planet, what you do is you, 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 you put the ad on TV at about the time they'll be watching, which is about 1 a.m. And you start, or 11 p.m., you know, really late at night. And you go like this. Watch the ratio. Hi, we're selling Stay Sharp knives. And the person sitting on the chair uh, watching TV late at night goes, I don't need any Stay Sharp knives. And we give you a set of saucepans along with it. I don't need a Stay Sharp knife, but I'm interested in the saucepans. A little bit interest. And what we'll do is we'll give you money back guarantees. Or I'll give you three things for nothing so far. And you don't have to pay for it for 12 months. There's four things for nothing. And now what we'll do is we'll throw in a complete duplicate set for your best friend. Five things for nothing. And we'll give you a cookbook, which guarantees that you'll be the best chef in town. Six things. And they only have to tip the scale with the last one. If you phone now on 1-800-screw-your-mind-up, we'll give you 20% uh, off the whole thing. And the person is just waiting for the information to arrive in their got-to headspace to meet with their mindset. And as soon as it does, they can't help themselves. They almost have to. They've got to pick up the phone. And I've watched this with Anthony Robbins. He's the guru in the world of got-to delivery. He will keep delivering promises through neuro-linguistic subliminal programming until he hits the seven-to-one ratio, and boom. If you go to his uh, conferences with 3,000 people, 99.999% of people at that conference are people who love the got-to state. They're infatuated or resentful. They're either elated or they're depressed or they're attracted to something and repel from other things. And so if you're delivering uh, a sermon to a group of people who love religion, you'll go into the state of six to one and they'll say, God is love. And if you obey God, this will happen. And if you donate in the charity box, that will happen and you'll live forever and you'll go to heaven. They get to six and they stop because they got them. The should people are highly religiously uh, motivated, highly uh, polarized righteousness is their mantra and so this state of lower consciousness is is available to all of us if you put a lamborghini in the front of my house and say do you want it and i go no it's it's a million dollar car my neighbor uh, right across the road has an aston martin 1.6 million dollar car and he drives in the driveway and I, go, and I look out and i go i'd like that and you say well would you like to buy it and i go no and if you said to me well it's free I'd go, well, I've admitted I want it, and now it's free, one benefit, and now I'm hooked. That's as far as I need to go, because I live in the higher states of consciousness, and I don't need to, but if you said, it's free, and people will like you, now you've gone down a pyramid with me, you, I, I've admitted I want it at the top, then I've gone, then you've gone one uh, single uh, out of balance ratio of benefit to drawback, it's free, and I've gone, oh, I'll take it. But then if you go and say, and you look good in the car, and I'll go, yeah, well, I'm still in. I'm still going to. And then you start saying, and uh, it drives really fast. And I go, now you're taking me down the consciousness kind, and I'm actually starting to think I don't want the thing anymore. So you can talk people into and out of stuff depending on how many, what the imbalance of ratio of your conversation is, depending on their consciousness, not yours. 
And so that's uh, uh, applying the balance principle we're talking here to good marketing because people are in their frustra, they're stuck in a ratio, one of the levels of this consciousness cone. When you're doing your business planning uh, for your company and you're thinking, how am I going to sell my product to the market? You divide the market into seven levels of consciousness. You say, well, that group of clients over there are in a got-to state because they're in, uh, in, in massive drama and trauma because they're about to be shut down. They've got no uh, choice. The liquidators are coming in. I've, I have to give them seven benefits to work with me in order to get them across the line because they're in a got-to state of mind. I need to talk to them in a got-to state of mind. Somebody who's got uh, uh, an illness, they're in a got-to state of mind because it's a life-threatening thing. You need to give them seven good things uh, about what you're about to help them with, with your surgery or whatever you're going to do, in order for them to feel comfortable and calm. In other words, bring them up the consciousness cone. So you can't give what you haven't got. And so if you're not in the higher three states of mind, don't expect people around you to be in the higher three states of mind. And we're going to talk about this principle of coach people up or out, but we can't talk about that principle of coach people up or out if you're not in the higher three states of mind. Because it's basically saying, I'm going to coach my whole team into at least being in a want-to state of mind, four to one. I'm going to coach them up so they're satisfied the lower three levels and those lower three levels don't traumatise them anymore and they get used to thinking in the higher mind. But if you drop up and down the consciousness cone and one minute you're at got to and next minute you're in should and you're telling other people to be in a higher state of mind and focus and concentrate and get the work done, then that's a ridiculous notion. That's like, a, 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 I don't know, a head of a, an army who one minute's going, oh, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, we're going to, oh, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Next minute going, come on, follow me, follow me. Oh, we're going to lose, going to lose, going to go, I got my, I, uh, my family's sick, my family's sick, I don't really care about the war after all. Follow me, follow me. Nobody's going to follow that person. Not without force, anyway. They put a gun to their head, they don't have a choice. So uh, in the leadership that we're talking about here and what we're trying to present to you in this uh, process is you respecting the fact that you have to be the thing that people lead, follow, and you therefore cannot go down into the bottom levels and indulge yourself in the lower levels of emotion in, if you are aspiring to uh, limp your life or walk your talk, whatever you believe, as a leader, as a family leader, as a personal leader, as a community leader, as a health leader, as a person. You must uh, recognise the importance of the mental uh, gymnastics that go on to keep you in the higher states of mind. And it's absolutely possible. These four columns today are your homework and I hope you enjoy doing it. And if you have a problem, discuss it with me on your next coaching session. This is Chris, bye for now.